0: You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts.
1: everybody i'm jack this is movie homework and i'm here today with my co-host as always chad c how are you sir
0: hey buddy i'm good i'm good
1: outstanding all right uh so today we are covering a movie that you know what i've seen this before but it really felt like a fresh watch because i didn't remember anything outside of literally one scene it's the most famous scene in the movie but still is what it is (laughs) covering 1968's bullet and uh You know what? Let me give you a piece of the trailer right now.
0: But when some rare Chicago blood starts spilling in San Francisco, they hand bullet the moth. Now, what went wrong, Lieutenant? Who else knew where he was? What? Who else knew where he was? What do you mean they know where to look for him and used your name to get in. Are you suggesting I disclosed his whereabouts? out? You believe what you want. You work your side of the street and I'll work mine.
1: Sorry about the low audio on the uh, trailer there. It was uh, difficult to chop that up. But yeah, so Bullet, 1968. Um, I don't know, one of the most iconic, one of the most famous movies I can think of. Um, pretty sure any film fan at some point comes across this movie as it has what is arguably the greatest car chase in cinema history, which we'll definitely get into. Um, but like I said this was a movie I got back in the day had it on DVD I know that I watched it, I just I couldn't remember anything from this Chad, was this a first time watch or was this a revisit for you?
0: Yeah, a revisit, but very similar vein to you. I do not remember much about it other than that car chase scene Uh... I think uh, I went to San Francisco i don't know a decade ago or so, and uh I remember like googling like famous movies that were shot in San Francisco, so I think that's probably when I watched this for the first time yeah. um but yeah that, outside of that that was my my history with it. I don't have a ton of history with mcQueen uh I mean I've seen great escape mm. uh papillon or how do you say that how do you say it papillon how do you, I don't even I,
1: know. I think it's papillon papillon papillon.
0: papillon. Yep, yeah. and Thomas Crown Affair. So I've seen you know his like big movies, but outside of that, I, I don't have a, a huge history with McQueen. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's the, this is the car chase scene movie, right? I mean, that's that's really right. what uh, most people know it as. And uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Of course, there's no way to talk about this movie without talking about that scene. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm I'm falling. Peter yeah. Yates. I don't know. I don't, I've not seen any of his other movies either. He was uh, a foreign director, and this was his first American movie. And yeah, I don't think I've seen anything else he's done.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've seen Krull. It's another one that I, God, I don't remember much from. Um, I've heard, you know, obviously Breaking Away has its uh, its its fans. I have seen The Friends of Eddie Coyle, but it, but again, what, for whatever reason, this guy's movies do not stick in my brain at all. Um, I remember watching Friends of Eddie Coyle and I think realizing that maybe I, w- I was a little too young to really kind of grasp that movie. Um I heard it was a Boston gangster movie, and I think I expected something Departed esque, and it's much mm-hmm. more of like a conversationalist sort of, almost like a fucking chamber piece kind of movie. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I'm I'm sort of anxious to revisit that because I think maybe now I would see it with you know different eyes. But, um, but yeah, so so Bullet. Um, this was a suggestion from one of our listeners, new guy Dan. Uh, he had sent new this guy. listener. That's right, new fucking new guy. Um, so thanks for this one. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he sent us this and another suggestion that I I think we'll probably get to at some point as well, which I'm I'm just as excited about that one as I was for this. Um, But yeah, very famous movie, very iconic. I'm kind of in the same boat with you. You read the list of most of the McQueen movies I've seen. The only other one that I know I've seen is uh, Cincinnati Kid. Um, Mm. And I mean, if this movie taught me anything, it's how much... um, uh, what's his name? Damon something from Homeland looks like him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because there there are moments in this movie. Where oh it's yeah, like, Damian Lewis. Holy, holy shit, man! <laughs> Damian Lewis, that was that, that was, was a spot on piece of casting. But uh, but yeah, um, any box office info from this one?
0: Yeah, so this was the the number four grossing movie of 1968. Uh, it wow. Came in. Uh, so number one movie that year was Funny Girl, that Barbara uh, okay. Streisand, right? Uh, second, 2001 a Space Odyssey, The Odd Couple, and then Bullet. This wow. grossed, uh, $42 million on a $4 million budget. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it released October 17th of 1968, and it was, like, right around the time of, like, Barbarella. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, I mean, Night of the Living Dead opened earlier that month as well, so, Fuck. yeah, some, uh, some pretty iconic 1968 movies here. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one... Won an Oscar too. It would be one for uh, film editing, I believe. So,
1: yeah, I, I see that for sure. Um, yeah, it's that's wild. You know, that, that's such a such an interesting year. You get Space Odyssey and this in the same year. That alone mm-hmm. is is I don't know. It's just it's like polar opposites for in terms of style of film. But uh, definitely, but yeah. So, um, all right. Well, you know, I, I think we can get into it here. Um, so, I think. My opinion of this movie is going to be sort of skewed by the fact that, the, you know, this movie's now 55 years old. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, we, we talked a lot when we talked Light Sleeper about how that movie, I, I, I really struggled in terms of this is the same story being told over and over again by the same filmmaker. And, and you know, what is mm-hmm. that? Is that good or bad? And, and all that stuff uh still kind of contending with that. Bullet, I think this is a case of a movie that I've seen so many times. I've I've seen this done so many times that the original movie that did it looks worse by comparison. And and there's no avoiding sure. that. Um, mm-hmm. So the toughest thing I had to contend with, with with this one was really trying to put myself in the in the frame of mind that okay In 1968, this is one of the first instances of, you know, cop, uh, investigator, you know, he's driving towards the the conclusion of a case. He's doing it his way. He's sort of defying some of the people around him. Captain's got his back, but that has its limit. And ultimately, he turns out to be right and anti-establishment. It's all well and good, but I'm not... I don't know how I feel about how this holds up. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted, and I was curious as to whether or not you bumped into some some stuff in this movie the way that I did, namely the the the, the treatment of his like girlfriend character.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just
1: it, it's like I I know this is 1968, but it's like, dude. How many times are we going to see the, the you know, the, the, like, four minutes of character development that are like, oh, man, you know, you, you only think about your job. Like, how can you live a normal mm-hmm. life? Uh. Yeah. It's like, you live oh, in a sewer. <laughs> come on. Yep. Come on, you know? Um, but I, I hate to come out the gate with some of the negatives, but, uh, but yeah. It's no, just-
0: I mean it- – Yeah, no, I mean, you you can, like you're saying, you can definitely see how this was a template for, I mean, procedural TV shows for, uh, you know, some type of these cop action movies and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to not look at this through a 2023 lens. Like you said, it's 55 years old. So uh, I I definitely had some of the same issues you had. And um, I think a lot of my issues are. This movie, the last 30 minutes of it, really, after the chase scene, honestly, the car chase scene, it, it just seems kind of convenient. And he, like, becomes like a really good detective in those last 30 minutes. And before that, he's not really a detective. And it's just like, oh, we're at the airport. We're doing this. We're doing that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it I struggle with, with that. And honestly, like, McQueen, I don't have any issues with McQueen. McQueen's fine, but I know his mystique is like the less he says, right? Like that's he's the, the king yeah. of cool, right? That was his nickname. So, he's just kind of this uh the suave cool dude and his turtleneck and shit. Sure. Um but at the same time, it's not like he's making this movie better for me uh mm-hmm. despite that cool persona, which is fine, but um yeah, I've got some issues. I've got some issues with this movie for sure. Uh, okay. So so, so let,
1: let's just do a little thought experiment here, okay? So not to not to just go in on this movie right out the gate, but I, I this is the first thing I thought of, and I couldn't get it out of my head. If this movie did not have the chase scene, okay, the car chase scene, mm-hmm. is this movie anywhere near, like, one of the great action films of all time? And I, like... I know that you know you take it's it's a mis it's like a false equivalency right like you take the action out of the movie obviously it's not going to be an action movie anymore but in terms of it being like a thriller or an investigation I find this movie incredibly weak and slow.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot of action in it, right? I mean, he pulls yeah. his gun out in the last five minutes of the movie. Like, it, bullet doesn't have his gun out at all, really. Like, he doesn't shoot, he doesn't do any of that stuff. And then you know you get the. The hotel scene where they, they break in and shoot Ross. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of chasing, a lot of running in this movie. You know, he's chasing sure. the dude out of the hospital, chasing the dude at the end of the movies. I mean, a lot of running, a lot of driving. But, yeah, there's there's not a ton of action in this movie for sure. Uh, and it's, what, an hour 53, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you take the car chase scene out of it, and then, yeah, you're kind of just left with a pretty, you know, Bones, uh, bones procedural police story. But... Right. It, I, I just feel bad, though. I feel bad. I don't know because this was like one of the original of this. So, like, it, yeah, it's just hard because we've seen so many of this these movies. But I, I you, think, you cannot. We, we got to review it honestly, right? You gotta you gotta, you gotta well, <laughs> talk. Well, think about it. So.
1: so this is the tough thing, and it, it's ironic that it's 1968 and this is the same year as 2001 because. For me, mm-hmm. 2001 absolutely holds up. There is nothing about that movie to oh, me absolutely. that doesn't is not still just as compelling today as it was when it was released in 1968. And I know mm-hmm. that's a difficult bar to hold as a standard for all movies, but if that's your competition, then I think it's fair to say that Bullet is kind of a boring movie. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that we can two things can be true at the same time we can say that it's influential and it had its time and that Steve McQueen was an icon and all those things can be true, while at the same time it can also be true that time has not really been kind to this movie. And mm-hmm. I just think that from a, a standpoint of desiring some character development and being intrigued by what you know the mechanics of the plot are, I, I, you know, th- there are some things that I would have changed. For instance, uh, what is it? Del, Del Getty? Del Getty? his his assistant, mm-hmm. Del Getty? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was a prime spot to put another name actor that would have elevated this material. In fact, it would have been nice if that was Robert Duvall instead of the taxi driver. You know, just yeah, just just give me another someone to follow in this movie to to color in a little bit of the edges and. I don't know. Just just I understand the McQueen mystique, but but this movie to me it's it's just flat because it's him and I think Robert Vaughn is actually phenomenal in this. I think he's great. But
0: Totally agree. Yep.
1: I needed more something here. And I think the cast having more to do or fleshing out a little bit of the script for them could have done me, you know, it could have done a lot to get me more invested in the story um but now that we're talking robert vaughn i have to say i gotta put him on the list of like the just the most i, I don't know annoying pricks in cinema history um <laughs> this dude so you know i I'm, I'm immediately reminded of like sharon stone in casino right this guy he's well off he walks into a room, he's going to get exactly what he wants, he's not only going to tell the nurse's assistant to go and get the supervisor, he's also going to follow <laughs> that woman while she goes to get the supervisor, because he's not taking no for an answer, um, <laughs> and just the fucking gall of this dickhead, uh, he plays it so well. Um,
0: oh yeah. Yep.
1: I, I i knew him from like Superman 3, probably seen him in a couple other things, but... Um, I really thought that of of everything in this movie, he was a he was a huge standout for me. What did you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think he's great. He's uh, jumping ahead. He's my punchable face just because how much of a dick <laughs> he is in this movie. Like oh, oh. he's a, he's a great performance. Nothing to take away, but he's just like the fucking worst. And then kind of summing all up, he gets in that fucking car with the bumper sticker at the end, which is just really fucking. It's pretty good. That's pretty funny. Um,
1: I, I I like his <laughs> energy a lot, and and not to. <laughs> I can't believe how hard I'm going at this movie, but it's just it's just how I feel. Um I wish that McQueen had an energy to properly match him. You know, just just um. something to get a little riled up, a little angry, a little frustrated, more so than just sort of I'm gonna keep my mouth shut and do what I'm doing and do it in behind closed doors. You know, that didn't that didn't gel for me. Felt like the wrong pairing there. But yeah. um so I have a question for you. Um, yeah. The mechanics of the plot here have me a little bit confused. So there's, I, I'm sorry, is it Ross and Rennick? Those are the two guys here? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yep. Rennick is a used car salesman that Ross is using to get away from the mob and the cops. That's That's what's going on here? Yes. Okay. So at the beginning of the movie, is that Rennick that gets shot?
0: Yeah, Rennick gets shot. With, uh, like with the opening, with like they, the, the, the... When when they bust
1: into the hotel room, right? And the cop gets shot and then the other guy... Yes,
0: yes that's Rennick. That's Rennick that's shot.
1: Okay. Okay. So, that, yeah, I got... So, okay. Okay.
0: Okay, so Ross Ross is at he's he's in the bellboy outfit at the beginning. He lets him in the cab, they like he, so he's paying him off, clearly, right? So to take this for okay. him. That's why they find all the money in his suitcase. Okay and he kinda makes eye contact with him. But that that's Ross there in little bellboy outfit. And that's I guess that's where they're swapped because they do the suitcase little like tag thing too. And that I guess that's when he takes his Got uh it. passport and all that whatever to get on the plane. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, that makes more sense now. I I was, I only got one watch of this in. I was very confused in the last twenty minutes because I, I, I understood <laughs> yeah. that a swap had happened somewhere, but I couldn't remember like where in the movie and who was who at yeah. this point. Um, so another little demerit. I don't know. Maybe spend a little bit more time on the script so that. People clearly understand that happens. <laughs> well,
0: like, I, so I didn't catch that until the second watch here because I was a little – when at the end of the movie when he gets on the plane and you're seeing the guy, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, I guess that's right. supposed to be the Ross guy. But after the, the, the second rewatch, I'm like, okay, that is him as the bellboy, and then they clearly make a scene of him. Like, oh, I got the door for you, and they make eye contact, and you know that's kind of their little thing. But yeah, yeah. Got first it. watch, you're never gonna catch that ever. <laughs> okay, okay. No chance. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: unfortunately, I ran out of time for the second watch on this one. But that's a, that's a lesson to me next time. Uh, don't don't fucking come to the dance unless you were prepared with the right shoes, <laughs> right? So okay, Less, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Um, but yeah, so other other details of this movie, um, I the cinematography I thought was pretty great. Um there are moments that I thought were like I don't know borderline genius for what they were doing. The one shot where uh I mean it's in the trailer it's all over everything, but the the two bad guys are, are rolling down a hill in San Francisco looking for Bullet and he just shows up in the rearview mirror. Um what what a fucking great practical shot, you know? Just just like having the perfect angle to get the the Mustang coming in the rearview mirror is so awesome. Um Yeah. Stuff like that. I loved the opening credit sequence. I thought it was interesting oh. and, and different, you know? Yep, really cool. Um, and the score, Lalo Schifrin. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the score. Really enjoyed when the score wasn't playing, too. Uh, the, the, the car chase, mm. which I guess it's time to talk about. The fact that they take all the music away and just let you hear the uh, the engines revving and all that, it's, yep. it's just great stuff. Um,
0: Perfect, yep.
1: Yeah. What other uh, positives did you take away from this?
0: Yeah, I mean, you just stole a lot of mine. I, I absolutely love that opening credit scene. It sounds like it should be in fucking Whiplash, and fucking jazz yes. score. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I have um, uh, let's see. What? What am I my? Uh, just going over some of my notes here. Yeah. Um, not a lot more positives. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh no, I I, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't not like this movie um a lot of chasing no I mean you, you covered a lot of my points um all right
1: all right well let me ask you this then um or 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 maybe something to, to talk about more so uh, you know let's let's just take away most of the elements of the movie and just just focus on this car chase so there's a lot to talk about I think with the car chase in particular and I'm sure a lot has been said but uh, first of all you know real cars, real chase scenes, Streets of San Francisco, points for all of that stuff. Um, the fact that you've got real stunt drivers and McQueen doing some of the, some of his stunts here is, is phenomenal. Um, I love the editing. Totally makes sense that it got an Oscar for that. Um, I would argue that, you know, if you're going to ask me, 2001 deserved it more, but I, whatever, whatever. You know, I can't go back. I'm <laughs> not going to change that. But, um, but I think that this sequence does a lot to inform what, car scenes become after this movie too um, you can see certain shots that I mean George Miller uses later in The Road Warrior um, you know obviously Vanishing Point has uh, it owes a debt of gratitude to this movie um, and French Connection obviously um, mm-hmm. and you can see some of the Tarantino's influence obviously on, on Death Proof here so uh, inevitably every fucking movie we talk about goes back to Tarantino at some point it's just the fucking way it is
0: um, but he doesn't really like this movie that much, correct? From what I've gathered, yeah. So, so that's like, it's very unmemorable.
1: <laughs> that's, that, that. I kind of wanted to talk about that too, but uh, but yeah. Um, I I really I have to say, as kind of lukewarm as I was on the rest of the movie around it, when that chase scene started, um, I I had two thoughts. One, first, I did watch the chase scene a couple of times the first watch you watch it and you're like these are good stunts but at this point I've seen better like you just have you can't to, to grade this movie on that scale is kind of unfair um but the fact that they're practical effects and that you see McQueen in the driver's seat and you see you know real corners and real speed and all that stuff I think that this movie does a really great job during that 15 minute stretch um really don't have much negative to say there. Um, I don't know what you think about that or, or in, in terms of, like, its impact on any of the action movies like you and I love now.
0: No, I mean, I, I think... It... There's not enough positive things you can say about it. I mean, the chase scene—it's great. I mean, literally, as soon as that music drops and he takes that left turn, it's just like you're fucking there. Like, there's no way around that. Like, you're you're entranced by it. There's a reason it's so you know praised for what it is. I have no issues with the chasing. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, but I mean, but, but the sad thing—I mean, I don't know—that's at the end of the day, though, that's what this movie is is always going to be remembered for I think right, right. it's I, I, and i guess more of the jumping into the negative more shit like it's like that 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 the last 30 minutes just really derails almost the movie entirely for me because it's like he's riding around in the cab with Robert Duvall again and he's he's almost explaining everything to him and he's like uh I bet he made a, a an international call. He's like, "How do you know that?" He's like, "Yeah, I had a lot of coins." It's like, right. "Really? Like, what?" And so now he's like this fucking amazing. I bet he did this call, I don't know. It's just really convenient storytelling in a way, but it's late 60s, I guess. I'm not going to fault it too much, but at the same time it's hard to not. <laughs> so Well, yeah.
1: there's there's something that I think this movie is is like half guilty of that the dark knight is actually also guilty of now, in the Dark Knight's case, I'm okay with it, even though I do think it is sort of an awkward structure choice. But, you know, Dark Knight's moving along, and you get to the the, the tractor-trailer flip, and then the Harvey Dent, Rachel Dawes stuff happens, and all that occurs. Then there's like a fourth act, almost. It's almost like the movie has three acts, and then there's another 20 minutes of a fourth act that happened. Django Unchained is, is like this, too, where... You feel like everything should be resolved the first time that they're at Candyland, but then they have to like leave and Django has to escape and then come back and massacre everybody. It almost feels like an extra 20 minutes that I don't know maybe should have <laughs> yeah. been reworked, you know. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like after the car chase, the, the conclusion, the third act of Bullet is like it's just like it just it all kind of just it's like you said, it's convenient, but it's also. Like, really boring. (laughs) Like, like, okay, Like he's going to paint by numbers, do all this shit. Um, They spend ten minutes waiting for a couple of passports to to copy through the phone line modem or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're Um, just staring at it.
1: Which I, you know, technology being what it is. Then all of a sudden it's, oh, you, you protected the wrong man. And it's like, okay, but I don't know that you necessarily gave the audience the ability to know that. And whenever, uh, you know, uh, somebody's solving a case or a mystery and the resolution starts happening, but then I, as an audience member, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't see that or, or I didn't, you weren't cluing me in to pay attention to that. I, I always feel like it's cheap and, and it feels like bad writing. Um, no, I, don't, sure. I don't know. It's awkward. Awkward is how I would define the third act of this movie. Yeah. What?
0: Yep. Yeah, so I guess before we get into the superlatives, I thought – that I, I was reading some of the trivia. I thought this was really fucking funny. Um, I don't know if you read any of it or did any research on it, but this movie went so far over budget that WB had a seven-film-like deal with uh, McQueen, and they canceled it because wow. this movie went so far over budget but then after it came out, it was an enormous success. Then, Of course, they were like, please come back, please come back. And he was like, no, fuck you. And he went to, like, an independent distributor after that, which really funny. Because, I mean, I feel like the, the car chase scene it took three weeks to film that, ten minutes, which is, you know, yeah. I, I believe it. Uh, they sure. showed down a lot of streets in San Francisco and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things I love the most about that scene, though, in general, which I didn't really talk about, is, like, the, the dash cam footage they get. Yes. You know, it's like it's like every fucking hill. Because, I mean, like I said, I've been to San Francisco, and those fucking streets are just fucking... There's no reason for them. They're just these giant fucking hills. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's really perfect. It really uh, captures that essence of those fucking, you know, every tire hitting. And it loses, like... I think that the Charger loses, what, like six (laughs) hubcaps, which is, you know, not realistic, of course, but hey, it's showing the realism of it, the grittiness of it, so. Well, but
1: but one thing I have to give them credit for in terms of the editing, and maybe this is a, you know, uh, a notch in the belt of the editing was great. When those hubcaps come rolling off, when it cuts to the alternate angle, the hubcap is rolling, so either... Uh-huh. They staged the hubcap rolling multiple times in, in like three or four times that it happens, or they had a multiple camera setup, which then got me thinking, well, wait a minute, multiple camera setup, then that means that the cameras were hidden in the cars to get the the, the angles proper for this stuff. So like it almost made me want to go back and rewatch it again to see if they if I could mm. like find any of them throughout the scene. Um uh-huh. but you mentioned the hills and the sort of like you know, the cars hitting them as they pump along. Um, I did pull a little bit of the car chase audio here, so let me roll this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like Looney Tunes at a certain point. You know, it's like... But,
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's good
1: shit. shit. Alright. I think we've uh I think we've said quite a bit here. Um, for fear of making bullet into just a fucking whipping post. I think it's superlative <laughs> time. So Alright, let's uh we'll start it off as we always do with the Kupka.
0: What's that dude?
1: Alright, this is the Kupka scene, stealer or cameo. Um, I have to say, I gave this to Robert Vaughn. I thought that he was the best thing about this movie. And I just fucking hated him, but man, <laughs> yep. he, was, he was a good villain and he was a good uh, bureaucratic sniveling piece of shit. I just, I appreciated the performance, so.
0: It was great. I love this because I feel like you always lean into the, the the scene stealer in this and I always lean into more of the cameo. It would be, of course, perfect, easy to say Robert Duvall, right. but no, I'm going to lean in to Mr. Simon Oakland, Captain Sam Bennett. Who, of course, if you've ever seen Psycho, you know he's the uh, psychiatrist, the doctor at the end of the movie of explaining who uh, fucking Norman Bates is, essentially. So I was like, oh, instantly. You, that guy's just so fucking uh, uh, charismatic, you know, instantly. As soon as he gets like, oh, I've seen that guy in Psycho. So, yeah, that's, yep. that's where I went with it. So Great nope. choice.
1: Great fucking choice. All right, so now we've got the valley. Well, fucking on, what it? the fuck! Punchable face. So uh, I think you spoiled this earlier, but uh, who
0: do you have? Yep. I have uh Mr. Vaughn. Yeah, he's he's such a dick, but he's so he's so good in this movie. So yeah, man, you can't not punch him in the face, but he's great. Everybody yeah, uh,
1: I, I totally agree, and uh, he was also my punchable face. So uh, you know, <laughs> oh, nice. Robert Vaughn was uh, the best performance in the movie, and uh, just a, a real kind of. Piece of shit that you just... I don't know. You just want to punch him in the face. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) All right, next one's the Ammon.
0: Tell me something about something I was reading about.
1: Best quote of the movie here. So, um... I... Okay, again, I I had a lot of problems with with this movie. I did not think that this was a particularly great script either. Um, And there are a couple lines that are, I don't know, decent, but nothing that really elevates the 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 goings on okay um, that being said I did land on you sent us to guard the wrong man mr. Chalmers because this is the moment in the movie where you realize that bullet has put the pieces together and he's been right for doing what he's been doing the whole time and you always have this sort of uh, I don't know throughout the, up to this this point of the movie, at least I was kind of second guessing myself like oh yeah I I like McQueen I like Bullet but uh, maybe he's wrong here and and I don't know how to play this like it sure looks like he's he's fucked up Um, in this moment you realize that he hasn't and he becomes the the true I don't know pure good hero of the movie from that point out so I I I chose that line for this reason but I didn't think it was necessarily a great line on its own so maybe a little different than past picks
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of great quotes in this movie. I feel like, um, I, I, I guess the you sell whatever you want, but don't sell it here tonight's like the most famous one. But I, right. I just went with the, uh, when Sean is kind of like, we must all compromise. And he's just like, bullshit. Uh, I guess I was reading. I was reading too. That was apparently recorded as the first official uh, use of bullshit in an American movie. But then they they went back to In Cold Blood, and that was the first one. So I did some research, and I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. interesting. So yeah,
1: also interesting. I was hoping that you pulled this line because
0: I pulled some audio. The organization, several murders, could do us both a great deal of good. Look, Chalmers, let's understand each other. I don't like you. Come on now, don't be naive, Lieutenant. We both know how careers are made. Integrity is something you sell to the public. You sell whatever you want, but don't sell it here tonight. Frank, we must all compromise. Bullshit.
1: Get the hell out of here now. So... uh, uh... Good line. And I can see how that would land in the 60s. Anti-establishment, all that stuff. Um, So, yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Next one. It's the Chad C. I know this is a hot take. Best scene in the movie. Uh, Do we we
0: have to even say it? We're uh, we're the same. Nah. We're the
1: same. Nah. We can can move on. And if you don't know what it is, you haven't been fucking paying attention to this episode. So, (laughs) we'll skip that one and we'll go straight to the TM. I mean, wow. So, what holds up the best? What holds up the worst? Um... Okay, I know know we talked about it at length. The car chase holds up the best. I mean, it's it's inarguable. Is it the greatest car chase of all time? For me, no, it is not. But it is one of the great car chases of all time. So, absolutely, yes. Um, In terms of what's held up the worst, I gotta say, just in general, because it's not just Bullet, I think it's everybody that's not Chalmers in this movie... The fucking character development in this movie is just terrible. Like, the, I don't know if it was they didn't care or they it wasn't a concern at the time. It wasn't being done in modern movies at the time. I, I kind of doubt that because we've talked about movies that were older than this that did it better. Um, yeah, I just... The the, the Jacqueline Bisset character is just... She's arm candy and... There's nothing else to her other than being upset with Frank in one scene and then being there at the end of the movie anyways. I, I'm not saying it has to be her movie, but if you're going to put her in it, like, give her something to do. And, yeah. So, yeah. O- overall, I think it's the character development, but also the script here, I think is really suffering. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't really have much in mean, the, the world best you said it, the car chase scene worst i mean i guess it's i'm just gonna i'll go with what you said uh, I'll, I'll just go with it i, I didn't have anything for worst I, I usually just do one of these so uh yeah sure i mean it's yeah i mean we've kind of summed it up <laughs> i don't want to keep yeah. beating it dead at worst <laughs> that's right that's right all right let's do the pete mc
1: best use of music chad you have anything for this
0: it's got to be that opening scene. I think that yeah. just the uh, the credits coming in and uh, the opening titles. I mean, it's just, the letters are coming in. It's really cool. It's you got this like just different uh, jazz score underneath it, and you're like, oh, what am I in for? And then, yeah, you kind of get what you're in for after. That, so. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree. I also had the opening. You know, this is going to be one of those those episodes where I think you and I are just kind of in lockstep because. It, you know, I think I think we're kind of seeing a lot of the same things out of this movie. No. Um,
0: new guy Dan which, is pounding his fucking. He's pulling his headphones out right now. He's like, hey, "Maybe why do I, I, yeah, I maybe, ever recommend this?"
1: But Damn but it. you know, I, look, what, let's we're gonna talk about that afterwards. So let's let's hold off on Dan, <laughs> new guy Dan thoughts for a second. But let's just let's do the PJ dynamite drop in, Monty. All right, so this would be the casting swap, and I actually mentioned this earlier inadvertently but the first thing I would do is del Getty needs to be a face and if he's already mm-hmm. in the movie swap him for Duval now maybe the McQueen Duval dynamic doesn't work well as partners but at least you would have somebody l like like another face to put on the poster at least you know just something um, I just I needed I needed uh, I needed another well-known actor who could play a, a Good role as Delgetti, rather than than who was there. Not saying that the current Delgetti's bad. It just was screaming for some star power that wasn't there. So, just my two cents. Um, not so much it's worth, but what do you got?
0: So I also went with Delgetti, okay. but I went with one of my favorite actors of all time, Dustin Hoffman, to play the Delgetti character.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Face. He's coming off of the graduate the year before. He yeah. hasn't done Midnight Cowboy or Little Big Man any of these movies yet. He's still you know, riding that success, jumps into Steve McQueen movie. Oh, I feel like he elevates it. like you said, yeah. he's a star. Um, so that, that's where I went.
1: So that's very interesting because I feel like this becomes more of an all- the President's men two-hander then. Um, oh,
0: you're right, you're definitely right. It would not I, be a McQueen vehicle.
1: Right, I I mean, I, I, I'd be interested in it. You know, he wouldn't. McQueen
0: wouldn't have it though. He's like, no one can upstage me. Fuck that. (laughs) Sure,
1: sure, that makes sense. But all right, and the last piece, if we were going to swap somebody in the cast with a member of the binge staff, who would we go with? Did you have anybody for this one?
0: So this was a hard one, and I just went pretty basic with it. Uh, Beginning of the, pretty close to the beginning. It's right before. Bullets about to uh, do the stakeout. He goes and has dinner with his uh, girlfriend at the time, Kathy. And they go into that little bar. And there's a little jazz quartet playing, but I noticed they didn't have a vocalist, so I oh. figured none other than Mr. Tom, Mr. Thomas Maloney, could just be you know <laughs> singing his sultry tones at a little jazz club. Uh, that's that's all I got. I, I kind of reached for it a little bit. I couldn't. I was having a hard time with this one. So yeah, that's it. What about you? Look.
1: If you, if you want to put TM in a movie, I'm going to watch it, so that's all I can tell
0: you. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I went in a totally different direction. So, I, you know, we, a, lot of, a lot of stuff we bumped into in this movie. And one of the biggest things that I bumped into was the Kathy character, Jacqueline Bissett. Uh, she had nothing to do. She didn't really add anything to the proceedings, but I don't really know if it was her fault. It kind of feels like there's no character there. She has maybe like five lines in the movie. Um, just didn't work for me. So if I'm going to spice this movie up, I'm going to replace that character. And, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of guys on the binge staff, so it's going to be a guy playing a woman. And I can think of nobody better than dreadlocked Damon for this role. Um, <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to uh, have a character that walks in on, you know, a, a woman that's been garroted and has a, an emotional reaction to that I just want to see Ammon the crazy fucking celery stalk Ammon just freaking out on the side of the road and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just made me laugh it's something I would love to see it'll never happen but uh, in the movie playing in my head that's what Bullet will be forever so that's that's what I'm sticking I with
0: I can get behind it, I like it oh man <laughs> uh,
1: yeah um, you know I, I kind of want to talk about two things before we go, number one New guy, Dan, suggested we cover this movie. And I want to take a moment to thank him for doing that. Here's why. Um, Movie homework is a good exercise for myself, and I feel like you two, to go through. Because it's great to revisit movies that you know you love, and you talk about, and reinforce the things you love, and maybe pick apart some of the things you don't like as much. But I think it's also important to revisit stuff that you didn't like to see how that goes. Um, I've had plenty of movies that I've seen for the first time and didn't like and then revisited and found something different in them later and, and you know became movies that I really like. Um, maybe the most famous of them would be Fargo. First time I saw that, I fucking hated Fargo. I had no idea what that sense of humor was. Now, really? it's got to be one of my most quoted movies. Um. so regardless of whether we give the film a passing grade I think it's a great thing to have the opportunity to re-watch this stuff so you Guy Dan if you're listening to this don't feel bad <laughs> when you hear the ratings <laughs> later uh, keep the suggestions coming because it's, it's good and it's healthy to, to do you know you can't appreciate Casino Royale Unless you've seen Die Another Day. So, that's my soapbox speech there for that. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say was, this is an iconic movie. And it is one that Warner Brothers has maintained over the years. There's a 4K restoration of it that you can get. It is world famous, arguably the most famous Steve McQueen movie, depending on who you ask.
0: Um, oh, Magnus his, favorite movie,
1: What's his favorite movie, too. His favorite
0: movie, too. His personal favorite movie he ever made. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, the, it, it, and it certainly has its fans, and some of the poster uh, collecting groups that I'm in, there is, recently as last year, an artist commissioned a brand new 24 by 36 poster for Bullet that's beautiful. It's an amazing poster. Um... Do you ever go into one of these kinds of movies, these, like, iconic classic movies, with a certain level of, you know, your arms crossed and, like, oh, yeah, let's see what's so fucking great about you? Do, do you ever struggle with that, with these kinds of flicks?
0: No, not really. Um, I mean, obviously, you go in preconceived notions of something of like hey this is kind of considered a classic but i don't know man i even with my job i I try to go into everything with like an open mind of like all right just this time watch like clear everything and just try to (laughs) accept it for what it is so yeah it's it's hard not to like i said yeah you definitely have those notions but at the same time i try to uh give everything a clean slate at the end of the day. But yeah, yeah. I, I, but maybe after the watch, then that's when you're like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> but sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, So is that, is that kind of how you are coming? Like what, what about you? Huh.
1: <laughs> I, I try, man, but I, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to like, not yeah. bring sure. the weight of like a movie's legacy in with mm-hmm. you. Um, I try sure. But there are times where I look at it, and especially a movie like this, once it's over, I, I really try to understand where the classic or the iconic status comes from. And I get frustrated because I just wonder, like, man, I, I don't... I, I, I guess historically I see it, but I, I don't see it with this one. And I, I wish that I did, you know. Um, but I guess it just it goes that way sometimes. So, sure. is what it is. 1968's <laughs> Bullets. So, um, any final thoughts on this before we give out our letter grades?
0: I don't think so, man. I think we covered everything that we could cover with it. Yeah. There's a really great car chase scene. Fucking watch it for that <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, okay, I am going to go first on the rating here. So,
0: okay, okay.
1: I've been pretty harsh on this movie. Um, I, I promise you it is not out of uh, hatred of it. It's more out of just being totally underwhelmed by everything that wasn't the car chase. Um, I thought the performance was dull. I thought that the script severely, severely lacked in uh, excitement and pace. I thought Robert Vaughn was a standout. I, I, I actually want to go and find some more great Robert Vaughn performances. I think he has a lot to offer as an actor that maybe I'm not as aware of. Um, I love the score. I think the editing is great. The Oscar's justified. Um, I think the direction is okay. But at the end of the day, I uh, I don't know. This might be on again at some point before I kick the bucket, but I'm certainly never going to sit down and watch this again. I think this is probably the last time. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Man, I hate to go this low, but I'm going to give this movie a D. I, I'm sorry, um, but if a movie boils—if the Man. great thing about your movie boils down to a 15-minute car chase, dog, I can check that out on YouTube. Like, I don't need to sit through <laughs> this again. So I'm really sorry, but it's, it's a D. All
0: right, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. Um, I came into this movie... Or came into this review debating where I was gonna fall with it, but you uh after the conversation with you, I feel like I'm gonna give this a c plus okay i I think the car chase scene elevates it enough for that, and I think uh it's probably one of my least favorite movies we've done for a while in movie homework but mm-hmm. um I love that car chase scene it's great it's a c plus <laughs> <state. laughs>
1: The rest Man, of the movie ga- probably
0: a D. The rest of the movie probably a D. But car chasing elevates it to that. So
1: this has got to be the most. I, I don't know. Just like the most one note movie homework we've done. It's just like yeah, didn't like the movie, and uh, it's got a good car chase. So uh, you know, <laughs> basically,
0: what are you gonna, what are you gonna? Do?
1: Well, to to quote Willie from Bad Santa, they can't yeah. all be winners. So um, very, true. very uh, true. All right. Well. That's it for this week's episode, but uh, Chad, what are we lining up for next time?
0: So the next time we're going to jump four years ahead of the year we were currently in with Bullet. We're going to do George C. Scott's directed and starring vehicle, Rage. Alright,
1: nice. Um, this movie is and available look- for free on YouTube, yes. so for yes. the, user, for the uh, listeners, feel free to Check it out on YouTube. Uh, I do believe if you sail the high seas, it's probably available there as well. So. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, but.
1: All right. Um, 708-406-9546. That's the number. Our email is bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions there. Uh, we will find them, read them, and absorb them properly. Um Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Binge Media. And of course Lollapalooza is coming up August 4th, 5th, and 6th in New Jersey. Uh, details are on the Patreon and I think on the Facebook group as well. Um, if you have questions or anything, uh, let us know and we can direct you to some of the answers. Um, Chad, anything else?
0: Got nothing, man.
1: Alright, well that's it for this week. Same peace
0: See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media podcast network at BingeMedia.com, Patreon.com slash Binge Media, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at BingeMovieHomework at gmail.com.